Yo. Hi, Charles. What's poppin'? <laughs> Yo. Hey, Charles, by the way, you posted on yeah. IG uh, like a clip okay. of um, Nas's album King Disease 3. Like, yes, of course. Yeah. That album like was like opening a cage to a hungry tiger as soon as it hit play. <laughs> like, I got mauled. You know what I mean? Like, it went a little too hard. You know what I'm saying? That album was amazing, okay? Yeah. It was amazing. Nas is on a run. Yeah. And it came like, out the same day as Black Panther 2, so I was happy. Yeah. No, it is an amazing album. But yeah, no, it's like, yo, man, it was like literally like picking up broken glass. Like, I cut myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. The beats were amazing. The beat switches were amazing. And mm-hmm. Nas is rap. Nas is rapping at a top tier level. He is rapping at a top tier level, and it, it's kind of weird. But it's sorry. This is a tangent. We'll get to you, your guys' album, obviously, in a minute. <laughs> but it, it's almost like it feels like a little bit of people have kind of just discovered Nas or like forgot about Nas, or you know what I mean. No, it's because there's a resurgence with Hit Boy. That's what it is. Before Hit Boy, he was kind of hit or miss because he was a little shaky with picking beats. But yeah. now Hit Boy has the beats and Nas has created an entire new wave for himself. Okay, mm. there you go. Yo, welcome to my summer lair. I'm Sammy. And I'm a mean one, Mr. Yunin. When it comes to Christmas, I have to be honest, I'm usually Team Grinch. However, in a break from that grumpy holiday tradition, I bring you good tidings of great joy and love, which will be to all people. Fantastic for a podcast, isn't it? Mills and Hunt have released a Christmas EP called Silver and Gold. Mills and Hunt are a saxophone duo from Toronto. Their IG bio reads, and I quote, sax duo that brings a smooth twist to music, art, and harmony. Honestly, all of that is true, even more so if you've listened to Silver and Gold. The lead single off that EP is Joy and Love, and it became the focus of this episode. You can hear it in the middle of this conversation. I drop it uh, after... uh, Earl Hunt talks about roast beef. You'll see what I mean. Joy and love is a message Mills and Hunt feel should resonate with the people during this holiday season. Resonate, of course, was their album release before Silver and Gold. I have to be honest. The conversation with these dudes was lots of fun and indeed filled with, well, joy and love. We cover the NBA. One of them is a Toronto Raptors fan. One of them is a Dallas Mavericks fan. I'm not telling you who is who. you got to listen to the episode. One of them likes the new Nas album. And to be honest, the album is fire, fire, fire. The other is married to a lovely woman who makes delicious turkey. And yeah, delicious turkey is also fire, fire, fire. Even more stuff. One of them was inspired by Lisa Simpson. And one of them likes mac and cheese. All of these things bring joy and love but it's more than just that good stuff for this christmas season as you hear from these two erudite gentlemen you'll see what i mean shortly as this conversation unfolds but we're gonna start this classic christmas conversation with neil brennan yes 
the white guy who co-created Chappelle's show. Sound, the final frontier. My Summer Lair is an enterprise, a pop culture voyage with a continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new creators and celebrate established producers, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now here is your host, Sammy Yunan. So I'll just kind of like get into it like right now, just the way we kind of got into it with Nas, like just go right out the gate, start rolling and talking about silver and gold. We can start. All right. (laughs) I know you already. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. You know what you're getting into. But uh, so I'm going to like, I want you because there's two of you. So I want you to introduce yourself, like give us your name and then share your favorite thing about Christmas. It could be like eggnogs or presents or watching Die Hard by a roaring fireplace. It could be anything, but just introduce yourself just so the audience can kind of hear each person's voice and share your favorite thing about Christmas. Errol first, man. He's the, he's All the right. captain. So my name is Errol Hunt, and um, I'm one part of Mills and Hunt, obviously the Hunt part. And my favorite thing about Christmas is the spirit of giving that's in the air. Everyone seems so nice and friendly around this time. Mm -hmm. And um, just being able to get together with family that you wouldn't normally see. So are you, you including with the, the getting together with family, like the big meals too, right? Oh yes, for sure. All right. I love food. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So just, we're going to get to Charles in a second, but I just got to go down this road for a little bit. The in terms of your like Christmas meals, like a big Christmas family dinner, like what is your like primary go to dish? I know this might be controversial, but you can do this. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. Like, if it's a go to dish that I'm making myself, which I, it's going to be mac and cheese. Ooh, yes. And I like to put in, like, you know, at least if you're not putting in four or five cheeses, mm-hmm. then you're not. It, right yeah exactly uh, preach brother so mac and cheese but i like my wife's turkey as well like she she does a really good job on the turkey all right so that's earl and that's mac and cheese all right all right hit it all right well my name is charles charles mills better known as mills one half of mills and hunt let's go <laughs> um let's see favorite thing about christmas it's going to be corny, but also I'm a giver. So I do like the whole giving. I like everyone giving stuff and everybody nice and everything. I just saw Die Hard for the first time, maybe like two weeks ago. Just so, for the first time? Yeah, for the first time in my life. And it's the only one I've seen. I haven't seen any of the other seven parts. Were you busy uh, or were you in a coma? What happened? I just never cared. Okay. <laughs> and then even seeing it, I didn't get the hype. I was like, this movie is really long for no reason. Oh, so, man. Okay. We will, sorry. Hot take. That was a hot take. That was a little bit more fire than I was <laughs> expecting uh, to start with. Also, I've never had eggnog in my life. So, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel about eggnog the way you feel about Die Hard. Okay. That's fair. There. Okay. So that's, that's another fair. hot take. We'll do like, uh, we'll start yeah. off some hot takes at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna say the giving and definitely the meals, and I like his wife's turkey as well. <laughs> okay, <laughs> looks like we all gotta get together. I gotta get this invite for the turkey, man. Like come Christmas, like uh, so hopefully this interview. It's goes a whole well. thing. It's, okay. it's a whole thing. All right. Well, I mean, turkey and mac and cheese is already a pretty good day. So I want to 
I want to start with this. Neil Brennan, he was the white dude who co-created Chappelle Show uh, with Dave Chappelle, obviously. He has a comedy special mm-hmm. on Netflix called Three Mics, and he has this line, mm-hmm. and this is where I want to start. Black dudes aren't allowed to be sad in public. The only way a black dude can openly express sadness in public is if he does it with a saxophone. So every <laughs> every comedy special has a kernel of truth. Is Neil Brennan's comedy observation correct? Honestly, I feel like that there is this grain of truth. We are always taught not to not to show our emotions, at least not not to cry and things like that. I feel like one thing that stands out to me is like when I was getting married with my wife, um, she's like, are you going to cry on the, the wedding day? I'm like, no, it's not happening. <laughs> and then it's like, come on, I want, you, I want you to cry. I want you to actually feel the emotions of the day. And I'm like, yeah, no. And then <laughs> I told my dad what she said. And she's like, and my dad said, if you cry, I'm going to laugh at you. <laughs> yeah. It better not happen. <laughs> so I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like, it's something that we're taught. And I don't know if it stems from slavery days where we're taught to be tough mm-hmm. and not not show that kind of uh, emotion, not sh- to show fear in the sight of uh, opposition. So um, I, it's something that I grew up in, so. Yeah, I would say, I, I kind of agree. Um, I definitely do think that men, especially black men, should be more in touch with their emotions, more past playing just the saxophone. <laughs> in public. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I definitely think mental health is important. Showing your emotions is important. Uh, like Errol said, I don't, I don't really cry either. But I, I definitely think that, yeah, for for whatever reason, whenever. It, it, you get the saxophone, this guy outside, he's playing these slow, sad songs, and it's all jazzy. I guess I, I guess it makes sense. It works with the joke. Yeah, no, I was like, I laughed when I first heard the joke, because I'm like, there is a kernel of truth that you guys are, like, confirming, right? We're yeah. like, yeah, you know, yeah. That's what, that's, there is. Every, like, Santa special has that little bit of something of truth, right? About, like, relationships Definitely. or whatever, or driving and things like that. And so I was like, yo, good job, Neil Brennan, like, for picking that up. So <laughs> as I've alluded to, you guys are a saxophone duo. So why don't we start with you, Charles? Like, what was your journey to pick up the saxophone? Uh, crazy story. I've told it a couple times. My dad is very, very passionate about getting things done, having hobbies, being busy all the time. No wonder so you saw like Die Hard. You didn't see Die Hard until now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So I was like. I was like 12 years old, sitting around the kitchen table. Dad comes into the kitchen and just says, all right, you're going to play a musical instrument. Pick something. We're going to the store tomorrow. And I was like, what? <laughs> what am I supposed to? So I'm thinking like, I'm going to play the drums. But I'm like, oh, everybody wants to play the drums. So I was like, ah. And right at that time, The Simpsons was on TV in the living room. Mm-hmm. And Lisa was, you know, the intro where she, da, 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 yeah, she in walks the classroom. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, and I was like, I guess I'll play that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the next day we went to Lagamoquaid. We picked up an alto sax because the tenor sax was too big. Mm-hmm. So we picked up an alto sax and I was in lessons by next Monday. Wow. All right. 
feel like I didn't know that story about you. Really? <laughs> yes. This is amazing. <laughs> That's why. That's how. <laughs> All right. So Charles was inspired by Lisa Simpson. So Earl, what cartoon character inspired you to pick up the sax? Uh, not Lisa. <laughs> Even though she was popular when I was playing it. And I remember playing the Simpsons theme song in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I didn't want the sax. We had, um, you know, is. I think it was grade four elementary school and it was the day we got our instruments and I, I wanted the drums. I didn't get that. Um, the teacher was just handing out, he would just say, who wants this instrument? And people raise their hand and then he'd just say, okay, you play it. Mm-hmm. There was no rhyme or reason. And then I wanted the trumpet and then he didn't pick me for that. And then he said, who wants the sax? And I'm like, well, I didn't get the other ones. I guess I could play that. And then he's like, oh, sure. Yeah, you can play it. And he never really, it wasn't my first choice, but then I found out that I was actually naturally good at it. And he, the teacher said, yo, you should keep playing. <laughs> and so I did. Okay. I didn't know that story either. <laughs> I did not know that story. <laughs> Is this an interview session or like a therapy session? Which What are we doing here? <laughs> I feel like it is because maybe we had very emotional starts. We weren't happy with what we got. Yeah, yeah that's well, what I was going to highlight. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> there, there seems to be like a very arbitrary like second choice kind of thing here. Like you showing up for your Earl's wife's turkey. But then they just like serve and roast beef. You know what I mean? Like there's a little bit of disappointment yeah. going on. Yeah. Not beef. But but it worked out. Like it worked out.
So it's funny because, like, we are talking about this, like, arbitrary kind of slight disappointment, I guess, or kind of unusual way for you guys to get to the sacks. But here you are, and you're putting out a Christmas single called Joy and Love. <laughs> are you hoping then that uh, during this Christmas season that this Joy and Love single, that it will resonate? See what I did there? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I, very <laughs> Yes. Um, I feel like it. Um, it has a little bit of everything in it like it has a it's a nice upbeat vibe um there's a little bit of island flavor in there and then it's a familiar tune that people would know so um i feel like anyone can latch on to it it's off the silver and gold christmas ep why did you guys choose at this time to kind of like put together a christmas ep well i'll take that <laughs> um well like you wonderfully slid in there. Resonate was our original album that we did in 2020. And I thought to myself that with the amount of ideas that we could come up with together mm -hmm. and the amount of music that we can put together, I figured that we should have some sort of a formula. So regular album, maybe in the summertime or fall and then a Christmas album, like every two years or so. That, that was the plan in my head. So I said, you know what, let's do a Christmas album. And then talking to the team and everything, talking to Errol, he was saying, all right, we'll just make it an EP, hit them quick so that we can just, we can do multiple EPs. So it's like, all right, bet. So we did our Christmas album. It was a little bit delayed at first, but the timing ended up being perfect because now that it's out, everything's open. COVID is over in quotation marks. <laughs> <Yes>. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it, it's working out really well. And is that why the first single off the EP, uh, Silver and Gold, the Christmas EP, is is love and joy? Is that, like, I guess the message, for lack of a better term, for what you want for, like, the, the season, the theme for the season? Yeah, it's the theme for the season. Plus, it's our favorite song off the, the EP. At least it's the first song that really resonated with us. And, um, and uh, we feel like it would resonate with the multitudes, the masses, so. There's enough of a mix in there that it can bring joy and definitely spread a message of love. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're still trying to do as well with our music. We want when people hear it, they're feeling joy, they're feeling love. And like Errol said about the, the island vibe, you know, in the Caribbean, a lot of the Caribbean islands, islands, Christmas is a big deal. They mm -hmm. go all out there. So it's good to kind of, touch that flavor as well and and make sure that it's we're, we're bringing something festive you know but i want to pick up on that charles because like this might be a hard question or a difficult question so i apologize up front but like generally speaking do you feel that either joy and love are kind of misunderstood they're really small words but i don't think we always kind of understand them or i think we misunderstand the meaning of what these words are as small as they are they have a big huge impact on our lives i feel like um that joy is joy and love are, are so important like i don't think you can be be happy without those things in your life if you don't find joy and like some of the things that you're doing if you don't find love with the the relationships that you have how are you going to be happy <laughs> Yeah, so um, I feel like they're necessary. 
but at the same time too, isn't the flip side of that like sometimes we we kind of what's the word I'm looking for? I guess we don't fully interpret love the way that it is. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it gets there's a breakdown in communication. Like if you if you're going out with a girl and she's allergic to nuts and you show up and you bring her flowers and chocolates because girls like flowers and chocolate, but you give her a lot of chocolate with nuts. It's not really love. Like you weren't listening and you weren't paying attention. You know what I mean? You're just doing like right. what you thought you were kind of doing. Like love can sometimes break down in terms of the misinterpretations of how we want to be loved or like to be loved. Right. So I think a lot of the communication or miscommunication with that is joy, love specifically, and joy as well. But they, they are both words that should be a choice to action. And you should be constantly choosing the action that creates joy and love. A lot of the people, they just think, oh, if I get a million dollars, I will be joyful. I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing else I need to do. And those are the people that unfortunately are the most unhappy. Or like you said, with the girlfriend, mm -hmm. if I just get her a bunch of stuff, she'll love me. I'll love her and we'll mm -hmm. be happy forever. Yeah. But what if you're not you putting the me? action, exactly. Right. If you're not putting the action, if you're not making the choice mm -hmm. to put forth the action to hear exactly what she wants, what she's allergic to, what she's not allergic to, and making that choice every single day, then you won't have joy or love. And I think that's why both of them are so mis misunderstood because both of them feel really good when you have it or when you see it. Mm -hmm. So you're expecting it to just happen for you. Like, I'm just going to be happy or I'm just going to be loved or show love. Right. The, the, the problem is, is we misunderstand that both of them, there needs to be a choice to constantly perform an action. And that's where you find actual joy and love. This is a kind of a cheesy example, but you're talking almost like a parent, the way that a parent kind of like buy some like clothes for the kid, right? So the kid's not rocking around naked. Then the parent goes buy some food for the kids. So then they're not like hungry. You know what I mean? Like it, it, they buy, like they make sure the hydro bill is paid so the kid can like, take a bath so they're not stinky kid right even though every class has a stinky kid right shout out to pink pen right so like they, <laughs> shout out to pink pen. what you're talking about is like a dedication and like charles that's what you're kind of alluding to right it's like that kind of like that kind of parental kind of thing where like it's a dedicated thing where you are listening but looking out for that person in terms of how you choose to love them definitely it's it's 100 a choice even sometimes just making a choice to love yourself or to find joy in the things that you have. You know, sometimes we're really ungrateful and, and you, you're unhappy about things that you could easily just think to yourself about how blessed you are and say, you know what, I can have joy. Even if everything around me is going wrong, there are so many things that I can find joy in. Or like you said, when you're in love with someone, like you and this person could be in the worst worst slump ever the relationships go up and down but it's always important to choose that person to say i can find ways to love you or to appreciate the love that you're giving it's a choice man it's all a choice yeah and we have to keep in mind that there's also different types of love right like you're alluding to there's friendship love mm -hmm. like brothers and there's familial love you know like parents and then there's the you know erotic love that you'd have with a, a a boyfriend girlfriend love or or spouse so um 
I feel like some people are upset because maybe they don't have the specific type of love that they're looking for, but they still have love in their life and they need to find joy there too. Yeah, I think what you're talking about too as well is like sometimes we reduce the power of love or the, the meaning of it because it's like, I love pizza. I love Earl's wife's turkey, right? Like <laughs> we we do these kind of things where like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, everyone likes ice cream or Earl's wife's turkey, but you you can't put it on the same level as like having a kid or having a wife or whatever. Like you can't, like those are different types of love. I think sometimes right. we kind of jumble that up and I think that's why we kind of, reduce the, the power and the meaning of the word. We use it too casually. Right. That's true. It's very true. And I, especially especially in, in North America. Um, so it's about taking it back too, right? We gotta really be careful with the words we choose and and who we express love to. That's a good way to put it. So you guys were wise and you didn't have any words at all on your uh, silver and gold Christmas EP. So there's no misunderstandings. But <laughs> what is the creative process like? How do like two dudes get together in the studio to create music with just two saxophones, basically? What is the creative process like? Uh, I could start it. Okay. So if we take it back to where I said I learned how to play sax and my dad had me in lessons... We can go back to that story, fast forward a little bit into it. I used just doing classical stuff, just, you know, boring stuff, stuff from music books and lessons and everything. And then Errol's wife, actually, she said that I should play with Errol at the church group that we had. And I said, why? Like, I don't want to play in front of anyone. Mm -hmm. And again, just like the original story about being forced into something I didn't <laughs> want to do. <laughs> she forced me into playing with Errol. And I was like, this is great. So he actually taught me a lot of the things that I know today in terms of improv and putting music together and finding keys and how to solo. I learned a lot of that from Errol. So we're playing for a couple of years and I thought to myself, bro, we should put out music. We should make a group. Errol is probably the busiest guy in the world. <laughs> so, so he put me off, he put it off for a long time. <laughs> but eventually he said, all right, fine, we'll do it. And I got so excited that I had all the songs like in my head of what it should be and how they should sound and what they should be called. So I came to Errol and I just said, okay, bro, here's the songs. Let's do it. <laughs> and then like, uh, I always call it like Steph Curry, like, like the point guard, this guy just took it and, mm -hmm. and scored and yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like Charles is like the the idea guy and he has like the overall vision. I'm like the um, guy who takes his ideas and kind of formulates them. I usually start, when I start creating a song, it always starts with a sound. You gotta find a sound or a sample or something that I like. Mm -hmm. And then from there, once I have the sound, then everything else gets created. It's like the sound dictates the feel of the song. The sound dictates the the vibe of the song. So it always starts with the sound. Are you talking? You're talking oh. about like sound, or are you talking about like mood? The sound sets the mood too. So we can we can 
say, okay, we want this specific mood, but then we have to find a sound for that mood. Yeah. I understand we... the question now. <laughs> it wasn't when... a difficult question. <laughs> when we find the sound, yeah. then everything else comes together. When you have the key, you can open the lock and the door. Yes. Then, okay, there's this cool keyboard sound that gives a nice um, kind of eerie feel. Okay, now we can add drums that will support that sound. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, now I know what to play over top of that. So the sound is the key. I understand the question now. So I'm going to change my answer. Okay. I thought you originally were asking how we created the group, but the creative process was why Errol and I are perfect. I am the complete opposite. I don't have any sounds in my head. Mine is 100% mood. <laughs> so for me, yeah, nine times out of 10, when it comes to creating a song or creating something, it's because I was listening to a different song. I was listening to something else. And in that song, there's a certain mood or a feeling that I'm like, I can do this and I can do this my way. So that I usually think of a song that I can put to it or, or a feeling that it could be. And then I say, yep, that's it. That's what it's gonna sound like. That's what it should be like. And then I give it to Errol and he has a sound and then he takes the sound from my mood and then song is created. When you're talking about mood, does your mood affect the mood of the, mood of the music? So if you're in a sad mood, do you make sad music? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's, if it's that one-to-one. -one. No, I don't think so. When I say mood, I just more mean like, I guess tone and theme. Mm -hmm. I would say so. So like, for, for example, on Silver and Gold, there's one song called Come and Rejoice. And it's very, it, ironically, it's a very slow and, and, and sad sounding song. And I just knew, in going back to mood, I just knew I, said, I want one song that isn't so happy-go-lucky. I want something that's just really deep and minory and, and really empty. So... It started with a mood, and then, yeah, <laughs> it, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles, for somebody who listens to a, rap, a lot of, like, rap music, do you ever feel, like, the need to, like, use your voice? The, obviously, like, a rapper like Nas and people like that. Do you ever feel the need to kind of get on the mic and do your thing? Or are you does this consider, like, you're doing your grown man music right now? in uh, Mills and Hunt. So it's like, that is your voice. Oh man, I, I don't know if this is a planted question, but if you really must know, I used to rap. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to rap under the moniker Pasta Mills. You can check me out on YouTube. It's great. I had a pretty big single on there, Carefree. There's a music video. Check me out. It's great. So actually, yeah, um, I rapped for a while. No, I wouldn't say for a while, but it was one album. Uh, there was a couple years like like you said, I listened to a lot of hip hop and everything, and there was there was a specific rapper that Errol showed me. He was a gospel rapper, the Truth, and it was the perfect blend of like kind of positive stuff, but not too cheesy. And I was like, I can do this. So, and then I tried, wrote a couple of songs. My friends told me they were good, so I was like, let's do it. So we rapped, put together an album. Did a couple shows, even went on like this little mini tour, did a couple places in Ontario. And then I said, all right, I retired. 
Now okay. I play the saxophone. Okay. You're like the that's like your Jay Z Black album. You're retired now. <laughs> yeah. Just although every now and then I still say to myself, I can still do it. Like I still write rhymes. I got a bunch of rhymes and ideas in my phone because mm-hmm. I just I'm always hearing music and and lyrics and everything all the time. So I, I have a bunch of lyrics, but. I'm on my grown man You're emotional grown. saxophone thing with Arrow. <laughs> yeah, all about the mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mills and Hunt. <laughs> yeah. That's the mood right now. All right. I want to stick with mood uh, because when the uh, pandemic shut the NBA down back in March 2020, Earl, you wrote on the saxophone a uh, instrumental called Ode to the Raptors. Oh yeah! Are you going to uh, write any more Raptors anthems on the saxophone? Of course. Uh, I, I, maybe. Wow, you did your research. Um, not bad, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> um, I am a NBA fan and I'm a Raptors fan, so who knows? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. It was just, it's just something that I was like, I was bored and I wanted to do something and I threw together a little quick beat and decided to do it. I think at the time there was actually, um, I don't know if there was like a Raptors, I think there was a, some sort of challenge or a contest or whatever. And I was just putting it out just to participate or whatever. Are you guys going to like finally like properly record it and then maybe put it on a future EP or I, you know what it is? It's going to, I'm going to work on a, so I'm working, I'm working on a beats album, just like instrumental beats. Mm-hmm. So it's in the process now. So in 2023, it, the goal is to have that released. I, I know uh, Charles already has his list for the next <laughs> album and we'll work on that. And I also have some solo stuff that I want to do that's just like different, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I love doing different things. So sometimes I get bored um, with, you know, the same old, same old. So finding a sound, a new sound that, oh, that's different no one's ever used that or I've never heard that in a song. I want to use it, you know? So there's still more to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. And what about you, Charles? I know you're a big Dallas Mavericks fan. Are we going to get Ode to the Mavs anytime soon? Like another like saxophone type uh, anthem? (laughs) They can use it. They're struggling a little bit these days. Hey, hey, you know, watch watch your mouth, man. Watch (laughs) your mouth. (laughs) There's this... Luca can still pull it off, you know. We're All just right. going through a little of a transition phase right now. Okay. <laughs> um, I, probably, you know, I know, I know it would be cool to, to, to try my hand at my own solo sax thing or put my own, my own rendition together. That'd be cool. I, I, I definitely do like the camaraderie of making music with arrow you know that's my big bro i like bouncing ideas off him but if he's gonna do another raptors one i'm gonna have to put together a dallas one because you know gotta rep the squad over yeah. here you guys for could, life yeah you guys could do like a whole little nba ep right like there's no reason why, 
And you know what I mean? The Lakers one would be really sad. Lakers, <laughs> yeah. It'd just be like one little sad note. <laughs> just <laughs> That's the whole song. That's it, man. But yeah, I mean, you could do it to oh, players man. too. Like Curry could use one, like a nice little Curry anthem on the saxophone. I think that would be dope. Right? So Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, exactly. But the right now it's silver and gold. That's the Christmas EP, and Joy and Love is the single off of it. What do you guys got planned for it to like promote the album? So we've been actually doing a little mall tour, um, going through the Cadillac Fairview malls. Um, So I've already played. At Fairview Mall in Markville this Saturday, going to be at Sherwood Gardens from two to four. So if you want to come and hear some of the album live, I'll be there. Um, this Saturday, the twenty eighth. Just in case, I don't know when this will be aired. Mm-hmm. So November twenty eighth. <laughs> oh no, today's the twenty eighth. <laughs> oh man! Thank you. And then Charles has a couple dates after that. Mm-hmm. Out west, I think Lime Ridge and Fairview Park. Yeah, Fairview Park on the 10th of December and Lime Ridge on the 17th of December. And then we we finished the tour at Eaton Center downtown um, Christmas Eve from 2 to 4. Um, they have a big stage and everything. So by all means, come and check us out. We'll be doing all, all Christmas music, holiday music at that time. Mm-hmm. It should be pretty festive. Yeah, yeah. Eaton and Center that one will be up. the two of us together. All right. Are you excited then to like, this be the first time you play some of these songs live, right? Yeah, it's, it's been good. Uh, we've enjoyed it. Um, um, I'm having fun going out and I know Charles is going to have fun on his dates too. And I'm actually really looking forward to actually playing them together because it's actually been a while since we've played together. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long time. It's been a while. Because we, we spent all this time working the songs out, mm-hmm. playing, and then now it's out. And then we actually don't have to meet now that it's out. And then some of our tour dates, we've been solo. So it's like, it'd be nice to actually play with them again. <laughs> yeah. In in the NFL, and in the NBA too, since we were talking about the NBA before, but really the secret to good chemistry is just like hanging out a lot, right? Like NBA players and teams and stuff to go to dinners a lot. They practice together. Like uh, they hang out in the plane. They play cards together. So after a certain point, guys that have been together, it's not just time like Draymond Green and like uh, Steph Curry and like uh, Clay Thompson, but it's also they kind of intuitively know where everybody's on the court. Right, so they can do those like passes and things like that. They played together long enough. There's a friendship there. What is it for you guys in terms of like two guys who are, who both play the same instrument? What is that kind of secret for you in terms of your chemistry? Uh, like I would say, like you said, uh, friendship, hanging around a lot. Uh, for me specifically, you know, Arrow's one of my best friends in the whole world. He's like my big bro. Um, mm-hmm. So. We hang out a lot. We talk about basketball a lot. He makes fun of my teams a lot. <laughs> Both of us love pizza. Uh, like you said about knowing each other's plays and stuff. We've been playing together for a very long time too. So we kind of know each other's styles. I play a little bit too aggressively and too much sometimes. <laughs> and then he's real smooth and laid back. So sometimes we know exactly what the other person is going to do. 
Uh, but like you said, I, I think it just comes with chemistry. You know, we both like playing old video games. We both, we just, we like hanging out. We genuinely like hanging out. So I remember even when, whenever I make little jokes about the group, I always tell him, no matter what happens, nothing is ever going to take over the friendship, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a nice message to end on there. So, yeah, the uh, EP is Silver and Gold, and the single is Joy and Love. It's on Spotify, all the usual places. Yep, everywhere. And do you guys have any social media, too, for, like, the, the mall dates and, like, where people can find that information? So our main fan page, our main music page on Instagram is Mills and Hunt, M-I-L-L-S-A-N-D. H-U-N-T-E. So mm-hmm. it's hunt with an E. That's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. And we have everything, Facebook, Instagram, even a Twitter for the people that are still on Twitter. Um, I have my own personal account as well as Pass the Mills, P-A-S-D-A-M-I-L-L-Z. And my guy. And my my Instagram is Easy the Sax Guy. Yes. <laughs> Yes, E Z the sax guy, all one word. <laughs> so we're we're posting all of our stuff, everything that we're doing, everything that we have coming up. So uh, you can check us out. All right, final question. This is the hardest question, but did I do enough to like earn some of uh, Earl's wife's turkey this Christmas? Do I get an invite, or is this still like to be decided? You could be uh, honest here. We were honest a whole conversation. So Yes, we're honest. <laughs> I don't know. I have I have to think about it. Oh snap. Okay. I didn't earn it. All right. It it, it, it could be. It, <laughs> there, there's a there's a good chance. All right. It depends on where you live. How far are you? I'm in Scarborough, but I will come and I'll road trip anywhere there's like delicious turkey and even some mac and cheese too. Okay. I'll keep you in mind. Oh, I'll keep you in mind. Dang. All right. Oh, man. Tough critic, man. I thought he did real good. This was real. I, this was fun. I thought he did good. <laughs> yeah. I might be able to just come for the leftovers. You know what I mean? Like the day after. Yeah, I know. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah, next the day. day <laughs> Boxing day. Yeah, You're man. in. And you get the, like the paper plate, too. You don't even get the, like the nice plate that they had for like Christmas Eve or Christmas dinner. You know what I mean? Nah, paper plate with a rubber band holding it together. Yo, man. <laughs> the yeah. paper plates. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, man. Looks like we'll it's like a cookout. We'll... Don't worry. I'll save some for you, though. All right. There we go. That works out. So, yeah. Silver and Gold Christmas EP. It's out now. Uh, you can go check that out. It's really great. It's really festive. And uh, thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you, Earl. Thank you, Charles. Um, despite the, the lack of the turkey, I think we did a pretty good job. We covered quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. You did good. A lot of research there. You did some research. You found arrows old to the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you think I was just going to like turn the mic on and we're just going to ask some questions? We have to like put some structure in there. I'll give you the Neil Brennan quote at the beginning too. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, man, this is good. <laughs> nice. I don't know what yeah. kind of operation you think we're running here, man. Like. <laughs> Top notch. Yeah. You thought it was like the Sacramento Kings of podcast, didn't you? Oh, snap. (laughs) Is that what you guys are saying? (laughs) No, I thought you were the Dallas Mavericks. Oh. Oh, see? Unnecessary. Yeah. Unnecessary. Oh, man. Shots fired. Unnecessary. (laughs) Yeah, that was. Come on. That was. Yeah, I had to put my jacket on. That was cold. 
<laughs> at least the next three years, championship within the next three years. All right, we're going to end it there for sure. <laughs> because I'm going to, like, every Christmas, I'm going to dust off this interview and post it. And then we're going to see. Because by then, yeah. every Christmas, we'll know how the team is looking. If they're, like, on a win streak or not on a win streak. If they've made some improvements, you know what I mean? So, every Christmas now, I'm going to drop this interview. And we're going to see where the yes, Mavs are yeah. at. Next three years. In the same place. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys, though, honestly, for, like, hanging out. This was actually a lot of fun. Yo, that was sax duo Mills and Hunt. I'm the host of my summer lair, Sammy. Their EP, Silver and Gold, is out now. Share it with someone who brings you joy and love before i tell you to follow me on the various socials at the beginning of this conversation charles admitted he had just recently seen die hard and he didn't enjoy it and that's totally fine die hard remains a spectacular christmas movie it's one of my favorite christmas movies and i highly recommend it if you want to talk christmas movies maybe you have a top five or if you want to share your die hard emotions i can be reached at my summer layer for Twitter, IG, and Facebook. My summer layer for all three. Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening to me in a Netflix world. Joy and love, yo!